live from the Eon Project Studios, perched high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Oh, hey, Mike. Oh, hey. Oh, we're back once again. It's amazing that I ran into you here. How is it that you're here again? I don't understand it. Let's materialize. You keep showing up at random times and random days. Random. Yeah, we don't record on the same day every we, time. No, we don't. We don't. No. So what's up? Oh, you know, normal stuff. It's summertime. It is. The weather's warm. You know, that just goes to show our extreme dedication to uh, yeah to what we're doing here because it's a glorious day. It is a beautiful it's day. It's sunny. It's hot. It's wonderful. Yep. It'd be a good day to be at the beach frolicking in the sand. I don't enjoy the beach, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? Uh, I'm afraid of things that will bite me and eat me and touch me and sting me. On the beach or in the water? Both places. Mm. So there's always something, there's always some sort of danger lurking. Like humans or animals? Well, you never, both. Oh. You know, bad things happen at beaches, man. Well, that's true. You know, you might step on a, you might step on a crab, the crab bites you, suddenly you get gangrene, your toe falls off, your foot falls off, your leg falls off, and you're dead. You know, a quick uh, near-death experience at the beach story. Uh, when I was a youth, I was uh, at the beach uh, frolicking about. Mm-hmm. running through the sand, having a grand old time. And uh, as I'm walking along enjoying myself, suddenly a large uh, unknown object fell from the sky. A UFO. And it landed just a few feet from me. A piece of it broke off what? and embedded itself into my leg. Wow, what was it? It was a giant sea clam. And oh. there were seagulls flying above. I think they were, they were dropping them to, to, them to yes. break them. And, you, and if that would have hit me in the skull, I wouldn't be here today. Or maybe you'd be smarter. Possibly. But that's true. I should have welcomed it, perhaps. So last week, we had a pretty interesting episode. We talked about a lot of different things. We talked about the Nazca mummies. Well, we did, but do you want to talk about the buffer show we had also? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, there was a buffer show. Yes. Uh, where, where we did a, uh, a retro retread rerun of a show that we did in 2010, I believe. 2010, yeah. And uh, on our AM terrestrial radio station, which reached tens of listeners. It did. And um, hopefully everybody got a chance to enjoy that because you can market. We were talking about it. You can tell the difference between now and then. That's true. Uh, we we don't sound so beaten down by life. The delivery is different, and the uh, you know just the overall vibe much is much more professional nowadays. You think? Much more. I think hmm. we were a little bit green, very nervous. You know, it was it's a different experience because you're live, and there's the pressure of being live. We, at that we were live, yes. And if anybody if anybody has any experience in AM radio uh, uh, broadcasting. Um, we were in a station that was a very, very uh, old station, and the connections were like vacuum tubes, and uh, yeah. there was like beakers around with like Bunsen burners. There was always the stuff. threat that the place was going to go up in flames. Everything was like duct taped together. It was a great time. Hey, they let us do it, and that was good. They gave us a key to the radio. Believe it or not, they gave us a literal key to the radio station. They did. And when we went in there, we could have said anything. That was a mistake. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that was last week, the retro show. Oh, la- yeah, the retro show. And then, and then the week before that, we did Nesca Mummies and the... Um, that's true. The other things that we talked well, about. That's that right. We talked about all kinds of different random <laughs> we things. We talked about Wonder Woman. I got in trouble for that bit. Oh, you did? Your wife listened to that, did she? Mm. She probably whacked you. A little bit. And not in the good way. She got you wrapped up in her ro- robe oh, of truth. You got to tell her the truth then. Right. So what are we going to talk about today? We got so, an interesting, great show today. We do. Uh, today is an interesting... Actually, I feel a, I feel a, a presence looming over yes, me right now. Yes, there is now. somebody else here. There's I a, can feel it. There's a looming presence. Almost like an entity, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today's an interesting program. We uh, it's a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say a, well it's a it's a see, that's what we, that's the beauty of doing doing this podcast. We can do whatever we want, but exactly. this all it, it stemmed from a conversation that was had mm-hmm. uh, many months ago. True, and now it has come to fruition. What was that conversation? Uh, we we discussed having a show where we uh, invited a special guest. Yep, and discussed um, the benefits and uh, awesomeness of certain types of alcoholic beverage. That's true, and we were going to talk about the alcoholic beverages. 
We're with a paranormal s- twist, of course. With a paranormal twist. We're going to uh, sample said beverages right. live on the air. Well, not live because this is a podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about them and, and their different uh, characteristics. And then we're going to talk about a little bit about um, the use of alcohol in the, in the ancient past, how mm. it related to the occult. True. Uh, paranormal events. We're going to talk about some haunted bars, some haunted uh, locations that serve alcoholic beverage. We're going to explain why alcohol is called spirits. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be a great show. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the show, we're still able to uh, to deliver some professional dialogue. So I'm going to bring my, my special guest on right now, and he's in studio. This is the first time we've done this today. Special guest. Or, or since we've been doing the Eon Project. And uh, he told me, he, he asked me not to use his real name for uh, anonymity purposes. Mm. So for, for that reason, we're just going to call him Jake. All right. And uh, say hi to everyone, Jake. Hi, guys. Hi, Jake. Hey, thanks for having me here. Hey, no problem. Thanks for uh, coming. Thanks for bringing all your... Uh... He's a physically imposing man. He is, especially he's sitting I'm tall sitting and high. He's actually yeah. scary. I'm going to stay in my corner. So. We're going to have a, a battle royal later, perhaps? <laughs> there may you know, be. I have to compliment coming here. Oh. Uh, just the professionalism walking in the studio. I, I, I'm just astounded. Your secretary was very sweet. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm surprised you were able to get through security. Uh, the, the security attendant, the recent one that we had hired, yep. he's, he's kind of a stickler. Yeah. And I don't think that Jake had a pass. So he was able to get in he, anyway. He right? was able to sneak around. It's Sunday, I bribed him with with whiskey. Oh, obviously. So I I'm, came in with a bag. You know, I felt like a bootlegger. <laughs> you did. You have. You know, you do have quite the assortment here, and uh, certain, some things that I've never seen uh, before. Yeah, Jake brought with him. Just so you don't know, because this is a this is a, a radio broadcast. Yep, or a podcast, I should say. Um, that there is a table before us, mm. and on this table is a myriad of impressive looking uh, whiskey bottles. Uh, we're going to discuss later. And just to set the stage, where it is, it's uh, it's seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, <laughs> and uh, we have various liquors. That's because uh, we're dedicated to our craft, us. man. So, Jake, what are we gonna? I know, uh, you know, obviously, Mike and I are gonna talk a little bit about paranormal stuff as it relates to alcohol. But what do you have uh, for us today in terms of your uh, expertise? Well, I consider myself an expert of nothing. Oh, hey, you fit right in. Yes. <laughs> However, I, I do enjoy whiskey, and so uh, I like to talk a, a little bit about them. I'm sure there's there's plenty of people out there listening that know much more than I, but um, yeah, I'll discuss a little things of uh, what makes whiskey bourbon, um, discuss some of the the things that go into bourbon and different different bourbons we're going to be tasting here today. Absolutely. That sounds exciting. Yeah, that sounds great. And we get to ben- be ben- beneficiaries of all this. Yeah, so we are going to sample. Yep. Um, and if you hear some clanging here, here and there, that's just the you know the the ice rattling in the glass. Yes, I, yes, we will do that. But if before before yeah. we get to the tasting, I think we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the ancient origins of the uh, mystical connection between alcohol and the paranormal and the occult. Absolutely, Does that sound good. Sure. All right. So, is there a connection between drinking and the paranormal? I would say there is. You would think so, right? Some people think that after a certain level of consumption that alcohol lowers the energetic field of your personality to the point where other spirits can enter your body. Mm. When the alcohol wears off and your level of consciousness rises again, the spirit pops out of the body. This is why people report being drunk and blacking out. They don't remember that they took their shirt off at an impromptu roadside exotic dance show, or they made out with Helga, the managed next-door neighbor. It's not them, it's the invading spirit. That's right. So you have someone to blame. So the alcohol, basically, like a demon, it takes over your body. That's what they think. They think that your energy level, when you consume alcohol, right. this is this is an ancient belief, that when you consume alcohol, your your personality is suppressed to the point where something else can come in and, and, ah, and take see. over. So, oh, oh, so it, it allows the other spirit to come in. Which ex- Yes, which explains why you act, supposedly you act out of character when you're intoxicated, mm. which some of us know 
that that's actually really not true in a lot of cases. You're just you're amplifying your personality. You're enhancing uh, exactly. You're enhancing uh, like things that normally you'd keep more a uh, low key. Yes, they're, they're kind of more enhanced as you consume more alcohol. But yes, so but there's a lot of things that go back to to, the, to olden days talking about the relationship of alcohol and 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 otherworldly beings. For instance, when you're making whiskey, the amount of alcohol which evaporates from the cask during maturation is known as the angel share. Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. But did you also know that after aging, when the bourbon is dumped out of the barrel, a certain amount of whiskey is left trapped within the wood of every barrel, and that's called the devil's cut. Mm. Did you know that? I've heard of that before. Jake knows. He's nodding his head. You can't see that because it's radio. I forgot I'm on so the radio. When, <laughs> <laughs> when you get wood trapped, when you get whiskey trapped in your wood... That could, is that a problem? It could be a problem, depending on who you are and uh, what you're doing at that time. Mm. Yes. Uh, actually, you know what? Jim Beam, uh, which I think we're probably going to discuss Jim Beam in a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Jim Beam, the famous whiskey maker, also has a product called Jacob's Ghost White Whiskey. Did you know that? Uh, I've heard of white whiskey. I've never heard of that particular uh, brand, though. Yeah. It's not aged it's like as moonshine, long. essentially. Yes, correct. It's not aged. It's, uh, it's filtered and it's clear. Right, because... Uh, yeah, because like when they make a moonshine, I, I'm I'm just this is just coming off the top of my head, but it's not they don't age it in barrels of, or of any kind. No, no, no. Usually when it's moonshine, I think that it just comes right off the still, and then you take right, it and exactly. run away. That's why it's clear. End up making some bad decisions. Clear. The white devil. Yes. So, alcohol in the paranormal in the ancient world still has some other things, some interesting factoids to discuss. Okay. Archaeologists in present day Germany, present day Germany, meaning that you know a long time ago it wasn't called Germany, it was called something else. Uh, recently unearthed a burial site dating back to 500 B.C. that revealed a cauldron containing an alcoholic beverage that was buried with the deceased. This is proof that the ancients believed that alcohol was either important to have in the afterlife or had some kind of magical properties. Um, they were actually able to reconstruct what was in the pot using chemical analysis, and they revealed that it was some kind of a fermented beverage of honey and plants and also mint. That sounds actually quite delectable. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because they recreated the stuff and they tasted it. Uh, and according to the people who were involved, they said it was super cool to have done that. Yeah. It tasted like poo. Oh, it, and it wasn't well received. No, no. And they said it probably will be not uh, made for sale anymore. Are they sure it wasn't embalming fluid? <laughs> it could Oh, it could very it well have been, been yes. Because they used to uh, delve into mummies. Point. The mummy uh, yeah. stuff. Did you know that Alexander the Great was also known to have overindulged in alcohol on many occasions? You know, the, the ancient people, peoples, they, they all drank uh, all kinds of random things. They did. Uh, uh, but he was, Alexander the Great, besides from being great. He was great. Was known for, uh, for his, his alcoholism. Uh, he's on record of having publicly insulted his mother-in-law at a drunken banquet. He killed his close friend Clytos in the course of another drunken banquet. And finally, he set fire to the royal palace of... Persephone's, a city that he had just conquered in the course of yet another drunken banquet. So he probably shouldn't go to these drunken banquets. Um, but it's said that Alexander the Great may have actually visited the Oracle at Delphi for mm. guidance. Now, you know what the Oracle of Delphi is, correct? Yeah, she was uh, She was quite the being. I don't know if it was like a, a single person. It, well, was like I, a, it was a location. Well, it was, but they, there's uh, you know belief that there was an actual uh, witch but this is, spirit. This is, yes, but this is actually related to alcohol. Do you want to know why? So... There's some evidence that the Oracle of Delphi, which obviously the famous fortune-telling divination place, was an early 12-step program. Can you believe that? Yep. Because they had some quotes found on the walls. Uh, quote, water is best, right? Uh, referring to the power of Zeus, which, uh, and know thyself. So these are all part of the 12-step process. You have to believe in a higher power. You trust in yourself. 
Uh, I have not been through 12 steps. I know that I know some people who have been incredibly helped by that program. Yeah. Um, but so it's possible that the Oracle at Delphi, besides being a, a fortune telling uh, thing, was also a a 12 step program in alcohol rehabilitation. So they were ahead of the times, if yeah, you will. They were ahead of the times. All right. So why don't we take why don't we take this opportunity while you're talking about that? And uh, we're going to go over to Jake. And so we've been we've been uh, kind of wetting our whistle a little bit on the the first the first uh bourbon of the day and uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that um what its name is what it consists of or you could even talk about the origins of bourbon and whiskey itself and why whiskey is bourbon and bourbon is whiskey or vice versa vice versa thank you yeah vice versa well a few things that qualify is you know there's, there's certain things that a bourbon must be to be called a bourbon and a few of those little little fun facts for you mm. first one 51 percent corn mash so the the Corn niblets or corn. So uh, the majority ha- has to be corn. Right. Yeah. The, the mash bill, if you will. Yep. Has to be made of fifty-one percent corn. Uh, secondly, it has to be bottled at no less than eighty proof. So you're forty percent alcohol. I see. Obviously, there's some bourbons that are high above that, which maybe a couple of them here today. Mm. If we if we can hope. <laughs> uh, number three, it must be made in the U.S. There's a, there's a misconception that it has to be made in Kentucky or Bourbon County, Kentucky. So that, that the name Bourbon comes from that particular county? It does. Okay. However, 95% of the world's bourbons are made in Kentucky, mm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, the fourth one is they must be aged in new charred oak barrels. New barrels. New barrels. You okay. can't have used barrels, although they do use bourbon barrels to age other spirits right. and I've wines. Right, I've had beer uh, that's been aged in a bourbon barrel. It's actually delicious. Right. Mm. Yeah. Take Even on some, of the, some of the uh, flavor notes. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to get into <laughs> flavor <laughs> notes and aromas. Notes, I have an issue yes, with the, with the flavor, term notes. Flavor notes. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> flavor notes. Continue. Yes. And the last thing is that nothing can be added... For example, color, coloring or flavoring cannot be added to the bourbon, so it's it's considered a very clean alcohol or clean spirit. So it gets all its flavor and coloring from the barrel itself? Correct. Ah. And that's why, as as Mike alluded to earlier with the Jim Beam mm-hmm. ghost, is they, they, don't, they must not age it. I don't know much about that, that particular whiskey, but they must not age it in barrels because that's where they get the color and the flavoring from mm-hmm. and some of the flavor notes. The thumb notes. Yes. So, so which is the, which is the one that was in my glass? The, fir- yeah, the first, initially. the first kind of one with it, that we had been sampling. Mm, it's I don't delicious. know. I think it's a little more than a sample. The, the amount we've been <laughs> drinking, I believe a sample would probably be like an ounce, maybe. But uh, when you fill your glass, so <laughs> with a straw. This is this is uh, Basil Hayden, and it's it's part of the Jim Beam Distillery in there. It's part of their small small batch collection. So they have a oh. few different brands out there that that have you know maybe. Less less popular per se than Jim Beam brand whiskey, but it is part of their. It's from their distillery. So if Jim Beam, if Jim Beam itself were a Toyota Corolla, then this would be more like a, uh, you know, like a like a Cadillac of sorts. Correct. Ah, correct. Mm. You bit. mean old and white? <laughs> oh, no, what? No, nothing. Okay. So the the mash bill on on Basil Hayden is uh, is sixty three percent corn. Oh, so it's a bu- way above the way the, above uh, the the standard. Okay. Twenty-seven percent rye, and ten percent malted barley. So, what is rye? I've heard of rye. Is it a, is it a type of grain? I believe is rye a is a grain or a, a oh. grass or a I don't uh, maybe a wheat could oh, be a wheat. It's a wheat. Okay. And yeah. also barley, obviously, is, is yeah. a grain. Um, 
and it's bottled at 40%. So that's kind of on the low end of some of the bourbons that, mm-hmm. that we'll be tasting. Nothing too crazy today. I didn't bring any 120-proof uh, uh, bourbon today. No, no. I so wanna, uh, yeah. here's a question about the proofing process yeah. that you may or may oh. not know. So you say it's bottled at a certain percentage, but does it increase with the amount of time that goes by? The, the only thing that they can add is water to de- decrease the, the percentage of alcohol or the proof. So typically it's, it's barreled, it's distilled at 160 proof, which is 80%, which is like, you probably couldn't even drink that. Right. You could put it in your car. Yes. You mm. could, yeah. You could run, run your Cadillac on it. <laughs> it. It's barreled at 125 proof, which is 62 and a half percent alcohol. If my math is correct. And you're, you're asking the wrong people because <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now if we were good at math. And, uh. And then when it, as it as it comes out of the barrels as they're bottling it they they test they proof it and then if they need to typically they I believe they do add water to bring down the proof so that it's drinkable drinkable right. for the for the more the, enjoyable the, the right. common man so let's let's talk a little bit about proof we always talk about proof and I don't think people really understand what the term proof means well I know what it means sometimes but not probably in proof. this case proof I have proof I have proof proof like you prove something you yes. know you proved it yes. right so you had a reasonable doubt. Yes, yeah, so right. so the proof you're basically proofing alcohol. You're proving that it's alcohol. So if I may, I'm going to talk a little bit about what proof is. And actually, the term proof dates back to the to 16th century England, which is going to tie into something I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But it, it dates back to that time when spirits were taxed at different rates oh. depending on their alcohol content. So spirits were tested by soaking a pellet of gunpowder in them. Oh, that did you know that? I, I did not know that. If the gunpowder could still burn, the spirits were rated above proof. And taxed at a higher rate. Oh, so it's stronger. Correct. So as gunpowder would not burn in, in soaked rum, if soaked in rum that contained less than 57% alcohol, rum that contained this percentage of alcohol was defined as having 100 degrees proof. I wonder who came up with that process. Somebody somebody was drunk one day. I don't think it's organic. Trying to figure out how to how to, how to prove something has got alcohol. But supposedly the, the, that test was replaced by a specific gravity test in the 1800s, but we still use the term today to... Uh, dictate or delineate the alcohol content in different uh, alcohols. Oh. Did I use that word right? Delineate? Yeah, you did. You're, I did? Okay. You're good. Okay. Sounded fancy. It, it's a fancy word for a, for a drinking Sunday. That's I know. for sure. I know. Especially for 7.15. Yeah, 7.15 in the morning. So I guess one thing that, uh, you know, whiskey connoisseurs or even wine connoisseurs, anybody that, that's, uh, you know, somebody that's into alcohol, they, they have a palate, right? They have a specific palate that can help, you know, differentiate between the different uh, flavorings of different whiskeys. I don't think I'm that uh, sensitive or sophisticated to be able to do that. So the first bottle, um, so what what is the, well, don't tell me what what it's supposed to taste like, but I can tell you what what I think. (laughs) So I feel like there's a... Tastes like whiskey. It's whiskey-ish, but it has a uh, buttery buttery flavor along the tongue and uh, some rosebud, perhaps. Erotic. And uh, maybe a, a hint of, of uh, boysenberry. How's that? Was that I, close? I see. Now, it's all relative, though, because I didn't get any boysenberry. No boysenberry um, there. Um, but I got some lemon zest. Ooh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. But, <laughs> you know, in, in researching somebody, because I feel the same way you do, Jay, is I don't have maybe the, the palate that some mm. connoisseurs may. Right. I just know what I like, and I know what I will drink again or drink an entire bottle of. Yes, and so I did research a little bit on on these whiskeys to get some of those flavor notes to see if we could even once you, once you hear them maybe you'll mm-hmm. you'll make the connection mm. with your your senses. Sure, okay, let's um, hear it. So the aroma mm. of of the Basil Hayden is a 
a crisp citrus, peppery mint or licorice aroma now. So you're you're, oh, you're mm. smelling it now. Smelling it. You know, getting it around the glass and yep. smelling it. So I should be smelling it prior to even. Yes, I think that it. I think that prepares I prepares see. you in your brain and your tongue to Ooh, uh, oh, to taste oh. the whiskey. It's a family show. The flavor, the flavor is spicy vanilla or lemon zest. Mm-hmm. Very citrusy, like they say. I see. So okay, I didn't get any of that, so I was way off. No, I didn't get that either. Anyway, so we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll we'll participate and partake. That in, was the basil Hayden. That was the basil Hayden. Very good, by the way. Very delicious. Yes. And uh, the next one we're gonna try, we'll talk about here in a minute. Yep. So, so I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, haunted uh, drinking establishments, mm. uh, taverns or pubs, if you will. I suppose if you drink enough, um, everything is haunted. So in my in my research for the show, I, I realized that. Um, I'm sure the U.S. has some of these some of these places. I had a hard time locating some really good ones, mm-hmm. but I did find a number of them in England. England. So we're going across. We're going across across the sea. You sound like you're from London. In across the, the pond over to London, England. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I feel like, like I feel like we're there. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm in an old pub as we speak. But anyway, so we as we know the the. You know, when we see a house here or a pub, 17, 1800s, then we think that's old. But yeah. there it goes way back. They have old stuff. Really, really old yeah. with a, a sorted history of different things. So the first one I want to talk about is, is a place. And if, if anybody's ever been to England or planning on going there, uh, you could you could do a pub crawl of haunted pub places. Why do they call it a pub crawl? Because you end up crawling your way from one to the next. I've crawled a few yeah. places. I believe uh, the, f- the first couple pubs you... You, you walk, walk it's in. a pub walk, yes. and then by yeah. the end you're crawling. You're crawling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or even dragged that out, makes sense. dragged around mm-hmm. by your ankles when you're kicked out. So there's a place called the Spaniards Inn, and that's in northwest oh, London. Spaniard, and I can't wait to go to London someday. Yeah, London sounds like that a cool place. I've great. never been myself. So I'm I'm kind of just gonna read these off because I'm not smart enough to have them off the top of my head. That's true, but they're they're interesting nonetheless. So the Spaniards Inn. If the name of this pub rings a bell for you, this could be because you've read about it somewhere. Being a location in Bram Stoker's Dracula oh. and Charles Dickens' The Pickwick Papers. The Pickwick Papers. Pick. A classic. Pickwick. Some of my favorite papers. Yes. Yes. How'd you get my papers? How did, did my, oh. The legend has it that the pub is named after two Spanish landlords, Francesco Pereiro and Juan Pereiro. Those sound like Spanish names. I think I met those guys the other night on a street corner. They happened to fall for the same woman, and this love triangle was led to Juan, which led to Juan's demise, and he was killed in a duel with Francesco. Francesco killed Juan. Francesco killed his beloved brother. That was Juan to remember. <laughs> yes, it was. Juan was buried nearby, and it, it appears that he never really left, with his ghosts still paying regular visits to the Hampstead pub. Are they paying? They, they, oh, they're just paying a visit. They don't actually pay. He doesn't have to pay. He doesn't pay. He just kind of walks through walls and such. Huh. Well, as we're speaking about this, yes. let, me t- let me tell you a little bit about alcohol and Halloween. <laughs> you know, I've had a few drinks on Halloween. It's I've, fun. I know that. But did you know that the, ho- well, everybody knows that the holiday of Halloween can be traced to its Celtic roots in mm-hmm. ancient Great Britain, where we're still in Great Britain. Yes. Which led me to this. Um, they celebrated Samhain, which is actually spelled Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain. Yes, and, that, and if you know what you're saying, you, you pronounce it Samhain. Yes. So... They attempted to placate evil spirits so as not to have a rough winter. That was the the point of Samhain. Mm. But there's some evidence that the Celts, in addition to wearing scary masks and costumes, also left offerings of food and alcoholic beverages to spirits in order to make them happy. Much like my wife leaves offerings of chicken wings and beer so as not to have me come to bed early. So clearly, alcohol had a connection to spirits, even back then. Yes. Spirits meaning ghosts. Spirits. Ghosts. Yes. 
So alcohol and Halloween also have great significance when you think about the origins of some weird Halloween games people play, like bobbing for apples, because only a drunk fool would have thought that was a good idea. Uh, you ever you know, bob for apples? I've never been any good at that game. It's a disgusting. You know what game I was a freaking sniper at? Was the uh, clothespins in the milk jug? You ever play that? Oh, uh, that no, I never, uh, never no? partook. No, you in take that. like a like a milk jug or Did a milk. Did you just container. play that in your house? No, no, no. no were, this were is you a game. Fully clothed at the time? Those of you rem- uh, listening, some of you will remember. You take a milk jug and you put it uh, on the floor, and then you take a you take a uh, a chair, uh, and you kneel on the chair, and you know the back of the chair. So you, your hands would be resting on the back of the chair. Can you can you picture this? And you're fully clothed. I can see it. Yes, and the milk jug is on the floor in front of you. Was it just you and a, and a, and a crazy old uncle in the room at the time? Uncle uh, Juan, actually. <laughs> anyway, so you take the clothespin and you you and drop lean over there. the top of the, the back of the chair and you have to drop it in the little hole, oh. the the uh, you know the hole where the milk comes out in the jug, and uh-huh. those that get the most clothespins in the uh, the jug will win the game. How do you know if it's your clothespin that made it into the jug? Because everyone's watching. Yeah, but if you, what if there's like a bunch of people that go in a row? You can't. You don't have time to extricate no, each, no, no, each no, one no. of the. No, you count pins. them as they go in. No. So I get one, two, three. I used to be. I used to. I used to get them in there. I used to dial it in. I'd get. I'd, what, what kind of prizes would you win? Oh, uh, you know the you know the random uh, play doh, or uh, you know maybe some uh, lemon heads. Oh, lemon heads are delicious. Or uh, maybe some basil Haydens. Oh yes. yeah, that yeah. Handed out bourbon in pre K. Yep. That would have been a good prize. That was a good game. Huh. You guys suck. We're gonna play that after. All right. So bobbing for get apples is gross. Yeah, that was that was. You put your face into a pool of tepid water filled with and apples a dirty and somebody cooler. else's saliva. Somebody else's saliva and mucus, and they're, they're licking their lips, and, and they're like, "This is the best day ever." I think the only time to be appropriate is if you're the first one to go. That's true. You could be the first, and yes. then you just everyone else is sucking your saliva, and they're tongue in your apple. <laughs> this is a family show. Yeah, it's weird. Right, moving on. Go ahead. So we're going to talk about the next. Uh, yeah, the next absolutely. Beverage. Yep. So as as we move along here down our our tasting line. Now this one I, I I would hope, you know, because I actually do get some of these flavors. Mm. So what I'm what I'd like to do is tell you first some of the the notes notes and and maybe between the connection of your brain and mm-hmm. your and your nose and your tongue, you'll you'll be able to pick up on some of these things. All right. The next one is Maker's Forty Six mm. uh, by the Maker's Mark Distillery. Um, it's one of their special brands it's not the regular maker's mark but it's a 46 so it's it's said to have a little bit stronger flavor for those uh, experienced mm-hmm. connoisseurs not for the entry level who have a seasoned t- tongue <laughs> right yes very okay. yes you have to say it like that too mm-hmm. uh so the the aroma uh let me start with the mash bill okay this is a 70 percent corn Ooh. mash oh, this is way up there and uh something we haven't heard yet 16 percent red winter Wheat. Winter wheat. Oh, yes. Where did you get that? So that this this is the a Maker's tundra? Mark staple. The the winter wheat's also in their their regular Maker's Mark mm-hmm. whiskey, and it's a fourteen percent barley. Oh. So okay. So there's no rye in this mash bill. No rye for Maker's Forty Six. They're ryeless. Mm. The aroma of Maker's Forty Six said to said to be butterscotch, caramel, vanilla. And oak. Oh, honestly, I get. You the, know what? I, I do get that. And now that you're yes. saying it, because my nose is in the glass right. as he's saying as this, saying this yeah. and I'm I'm picking up on that. The mm-hmm. vanilla, maybe I don't a little know if it's caramel. The power suggestion, but I got it. I get the vanilla. Some oak, maybe. Mm-hmm. I get the butterscotch all so day. Very, very rich and sweet mm-hmm. flavored. And just a, a note with this whiskey is it's uh, it's finished after it's aged in the barrel, a normal new charred oak barrel, mm-hmm. as it must be to be called a bourbon. Correct. Oh. It's finished finished with French oak staves that are seared. Oh, and that's get, that that 
gives it the spice that you taste. They're French oak, so they're, French oak. So they so they don't like Americans. They're very haughty. They're very haughty. See now, yes, that's correct. Okay. Sounds just like that. Yes, but if it was uh, aged in a French oak barrel, it could not be considered a bourbon. Did you see how oh. elegantly he just moved his notes around the microphone? He did. That well, I didn't awesome. want to. I didn't want to bump the he, mic. He did that very. So I was told I had a very hot mic. Elegantly, he, yes. And I didn't want to bump hot, it and ruin hot, the podcast. Hot, hot mic. Hot yeah. So I get. I'm getting. Oh. So what I'm going to do is I'm. I what I'm doing delicious. now is I'm wafting. I'm wafting the aromas into the microphone. Right. Hoping that It'll, some sort of by some sort of electronic paranormal phenomenon, <laughs> it will work its way through the wirings of the world and come out on your end. And you'll be able to understand and smell and. Uh, or maybe just ins- inspire somebody to uh, to to entertain a love of whiskey. At least try it out. Oh, it's very good. Yes, that's a good one. All right, that was really awesome. So I must I must say, Maker's Mark, one of my favorite whiskeys. All all of there, they have a, a cask strength that's a little bit higher proof. Um, mm. But Maker's Mark is my I, think, I would say my go to my go to whiskey. Um, when just out, a regular out Maker's about, Mark or yeah, just oh, oh, both of them. I think I like both of them. Mm. Depends what kind of mood I'm in. Oh. oh. As so many things do. Do you feel like before Mike? I know Mike's going to jump in quick, but just something that just pop, popped into my head. Do you do you find that? And this is an alcohol related question. And we talked about uh, demons coming into your body. Yes. <clears throat> when you let your guard down after drinking, do you find that different types of alcohol affect you differently and and affect your personality? <laughs> I would in different say ways? that people claim that it does. I don't know if it does personally, but I know that people do claim. Like depending, as you're saying. So, like, let's say someone drinks beer, mm. they may act in a different way when they become uh, affected by the alcohol than it would be with whiskey or vodka or right. whatever the case may be. I don't I, know if that's true or I not. I agree. I've heard many people tell me that, you know, they can't drink vodka because they get angry when they drink vodka. <laughs> mm. I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know if there's any scientific, any scientists out there that want to, you know, <laughs> I don't have any ema- email uh, us at email the, the show. Project. Yeah. Yes. I don't have any scientific uh, evidence of that, but I have some firsthand evidence if you if you ask my lovely wife, mm. she'll tell me tell you that I'm no longer allowed to drink gin oh. because it turns me into a raging lunatic. Right. <laughs> and you don't belong to the country club any longer. Oh. That's true. It's a very I feel like that's a very country club drink. Gin. The gin? It's a it's a classic beverage. That has juniper, I believe. It it does, ju- yes, it does have juniper. But yeah. I will I will say that when I do drink gin, especially if I have not had it in a long time, I, I, within a couple of drinks, I can feel its power surging through my body, and I become uh, warm and yep. tingly. That's the, those are the spirits. Things, things of I that believe. sort. That's but what I believe. I do. I would be taking over by the spirit. Well, All you right. know, it's funny that you're mentioning this because it's a perfect segue into what I was going to talk about next. So, the use of alcohol and magical potions in the present day uh, is actually something that it is a it's a thing. So, I did some research on mm. some uh, some magic, some magicians, some witches, because they like to be called witches these days, um, and they actually will use different types of alcohol for different types of potions, mm. different types of spells. So I have a whole list of them. I'm not going to go through all of them because it would take too long. Mm. But I will go through some of the highlights. And it basically what it says is what the what the alcoholic beverage is and how it, uh, what type of spell it's useful for. I see. So this would be entertaining. So take notes if you want to be a witch yep. or, or you want to learn how to make some spells. Mm-hmm. So absinthe. You ever have absinthe <clears throat> before? No, but I've heard it's, it's talk about putting you in a weird state of yeah, mind. Yeah, it's I've very heard strong. About that. It has something called wormwood in it, which is supposedly a hallucination. Are you supposed to like drink it with a sugar cube or something? Yeah, because it's very bitter. Mm. I've never had it myself. But anyway, so you use absinthe with protection work. Believe it or not. So you're trying to protect yourself from what? It's especially useful for safe astral travel. Oh, so when you leave wanna, the body. Yes, when you want to do astral projection. I thought you said this was a family show. Yes. You know, who's into, you know who's into astral travel? No. The uh, the lead singer of Grand Funk Railroad. 
I can't think of his name right now. The Hopefully gu- the he's guitar, on a, the guitar player. Hopefully he's on an astral travel to to uh, find his career and bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, uh, Jin, as you just mentioned, Jin is useful in spells promoting good health and is a binding ingredient. This is a family show for other alcohol properties. Oh, rum useful for money spells and material. Position. That makes sense because pirates drank rum, right? And right. they stole money from people, right? Tequila. Is about timing, timing spells. Like timing. If you want, yes. Yeah, so if you want to, like have if you're perfect, trying to get your car's timing right, and you, you need to if, pour if it on you want to increase oh. your punctuality, oh, uh, your, your anything that related to timing would be a tequila spell. I see. Uh, vodka for strength and courage, like you just mentioned. That makes vodka. sense. Right? Okay. Putin's pretty strong. Yeah, he's yep. a strong dude, man. He, he wrestles that. bears and stuff. He does shirtless. Uh, whiskey. Whiskey is used in spells to promote change. Usually, when change is unwanted by someone else. You know, so if you want to change somebody's. Yep. Uh, uh, opinions of you, or, or, or how about just their appearance? Because the more whiskey you drink, the they, better they look. They become yes. better looking. That's true. Which is one hundred percent true. Uh, brandy is used in love spells, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they actually beer is used in spells involving home, family, and the past. Cider is used in spells for harvesting uh, what's already planted. So basically, if you've planted um, seeds of distrust or seeds of love with someone else, oh, so you would you would use a cider spell. And then lastly, wine. Uh, can be used for health, stress release, and blessings. Mm. So depending on that what type sense. of alcohol you use. Like Manischewitz wine. Manischewitz like wine would holy be wine, for, right? for people who are down in their luck uh, monetarily. Mm. Because you find that in the, it's like $5 a gallon or something like that. Is it really? Very interesting. Yeah. Mm. So that's good. Of, what do you think of that? So I think what we're going to do next is uh, kind of what we did last time. We, uh, we So we're going to pour a new drink, which we which we actually we did here. We just did know, it. Can we clang? Through the magic of radio. Is your, vo- is your glass clanging? What's the proper term for the glass that it's in? Is that a snifter? That's not a snifter because that has a rounded this bottom. It's a rocks glass. Yeah, right? that's rocks, a rocks, rocks glass. glass okay. Would, yeah. that's, that's what I prefer to drink, drink in. I mean, yep. it, there's all sorts of opinions out there about what type of glass you should taste whiskey in, and there's... Snifters and fluted mm. fluted glasses Ooh. and whatnot. Um, and I hear they, the longer the stem, the better off you are. That's the family show. Anyway, yeah. That's a matter of opinion. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we're going to do what we did last time. You're going to read kind of what, or, or tell us a little bit about what it's supposed to smell and taste like. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to stick our little noses in there and see what, what it comes up what it comes up with. All right, so our, our next bottle is uh, Four Roses Ooh. Single Barrel. Way better than one rose. So the, the Four yeah. Roses makes, four a, times makes a few a few different uh, variations of their bourbon. They have a single barrel. They have a cask. They also just have, a, I think, their standard label, which is their high-production whiskey. Um, this is bottled at 50%. So now we're, we're moving up in the proof, Ooh. if you will. And um, I get my gum powder out. I'll test this. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll get some black powder. We'll put it in there and yep. see, if it, see if it holds true. You guys can do that. I'll step away. Uh, this is dis- distilled in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Ooh. Oh, check out down there to Kentucky. I've been to Kentucky a couple of times. Yeah, it's pretty I cool. Say, I like it down there. The bluegrass state, I, I, I think, is it's a beautiful That's right. State. It is the bluegrass state. Yep. You know the... Uh, the state flower is the uh, avocado flower. Really? No, I don't know. No, I don't know what that no, is. No, but anyway. So this the mash bill on the four roses, uh, 60% corn, mm-hmm. 35% rye, and 5% malted barley. So you're, you're seeing a little continuity across sure. across the, the mash bills of these different whiskeys. Makes sense. Um, obviously, at least 51% corn, but there's always rye, malted barley, and, and obviously the makers with the, the winter wheat. Uh, the, the, so I'll give you the aroma, Jay, because I know that, that worked well He's for you last time. I like aromas. I'm, and, a, I'm a nosy kind of guy. And I, sm- I, think I like that to smell things. Put your nose in places where it doesn't belong. True. So the aroma of Four Roses, mm. oak, 
which we've heard. Mm-hmm. It's fruity, maybe even pears or cherries. Oh, hold on, give me a second. I, never, I didn't get any. Let pears me put or my uh, <laughs> let me put my my giant proboscis in this glass oh. here. You can hear the smelling oh. going on. I can't. I can't smell roses. No, you didn't say roses. No, what did you, say? you didn't stop. Cherries? Smell the That's roses. the name. Oh. Stop and smell the roses. Stop pears, pears roses. or cherries. Pears, pears. I think if you really are thinking, thinking pear, mm. as you're sniffing. Mm-hmm. No, you know no. what? I'll have to say the last one was much more distinct with its fla- with its with its aroma. I, right. I think this one is more. Mellow. I do have a little cherry. I do get a little okay. cherry there. They also say caramel or or honey. You may may smell some honey. No, I got a little honey. Okay, a little wisp of honey. Mm. Yep. And so the flavor is, uh, you know, very similar. You typically the aromas will will mirror what the what the the flavors are going to be. And uh, they say cherry or fruity, spicy. Obviously, you get the spice from the oak, mm. the oak uh, aging in the barrels. So, I, I noticed that some people put a little. They put a little uh, cube, a little cube of ice in the glass. Some right. people drink it without the cube. Right. Should you have a cube or not have a cube? It, you sound like Casey Kasem right there. <laughs> it's a cube. <laughs> Oh, uh, the top forty coming out you live. No, that was that oh, was Kermit was that? the Frog. Oh, hi ho, Kermit the. Oh, sorry. that was Kermit the Frog. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. No, the the you know so it's personal preference. I say some some people tell you you cannot dilute the whiskey with anything other than just you right. know drinking it neat, which is straight out of the bottle. That's um, neat. That's that is neat. I've done that. It's fun. Right. So I no, but I get that. I understand how so like it, just putting a, a foreign substance thing. into the whiskey can right. alter it. However. I, I feel I, I typically would put a, I put a personally a splash of cold water just cool water maybe just a, a splash just to open sometimes it say they say it opens up some of the flavors you you mm-hmm. would some of the notes some of the notes the aroma notes or the flavor notes so you know or to each his own yeah. and so if you want to drink it with a couple so could, of cubes I would say yeah. any more than three cubes is is just uh, it's just ridiculous I have to ask a question and we always and I hear this term used a lot when it comes to uh, Alcohol consumption and tastings and things, and they say note. Uh, it has a very, very note to it. Now, when I think of note, I think of a musical note, right? You, it's something that you you hear, and it goes out into the ether. Or you write it down. You something write it you down. Write down as you a can note. write down a note. I don't understand the term note when it comes to uh, taste testing alcoholic beverages. Is that just is that just something that the that the 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 the, the folks that they try to I, I don't know I I, just, I don't know what I'm trying to say I don't I don't feel like a note is something that you can understand or comprehend when it comes to licking or drinking something. Hmm. I would agree with you. I I think it's just a you know make them sound fancier as they're doing their tastings. Mm. And, you know some of the some of the the material I read in my research for some of these whiskeys was uh, you know very high end it seemed and. Definitely above my head, like I said, I'm no connoisseur, but I, I know what I like, and I, I can pick up some of the, some of the the notes. I feel like it's but an I, air I, of pomposity. Yes. Oh, you know what? Have. I guess I'm yes, completely pompous. wrong. I'm completely wrong because I just, as you were speaking, you talked you talk to Webster. The, I looked up the definition of note, <laughs> and it says right here, definition number one, worth paying attention to. Oh. Oh. But in that sense. So... Not, my, I'm my, thinking of it in a musical sense, but maybe not. Our perceptions right. have been opened. You're a very literal man. Yeah. I am. Well, that's interesting. So speaking of literal, let's get into another haunted place in England. Let's do that. I like England. Again, we've talked about I this. like to talk that I'm from England. 
That wasn't English. What was that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I try random accents here and, sure here and again. All of your accents t- turn out to be the same. They all end up in some sort of weird Jamaican Kermit the Frog thing. Oh. So the next one is a place called Ye Old Man and Scythe. If it says Ye Old in front of it, it's That's in be good. Bolton, which is Greater Manchester. Is there an E on the end of Old? There is. Okay. Like, that's how you know it's like old. Like oldie. Yeah, that, yep. Ye oldie. Yep. Shoppy. Absolutely. So Ye Old Man and Scythe is not only one of the most haunted pubs in the UK, but it's up there with the spookiest places in the country. Oh. It's one of the oldest pubs in the world and the fourth oldest pub in Britain. Originally established in 1251. Wow. Wow, that's a long time ago. Very long. And rebuilt in 1636. Its rich history is truly fascinating, but it also holds some very dark secrets. Only last year, pubs CCTV cameras... That'd be closed no, circuit television. That's correct. A ghostly figure uh, captured a ghostly figure hovering by the bar before unexpectedly switching off. He was waiting to pay his tab. Before that, in 2006, a psychic who visited the pub concluded that it's haunted by at least 25 spirits. Wow. So that's a really haunted uh, pub. That's a lot of spirits, I, I'd so say. So can you imagine, if you will, 25 spirits, right? And then you're in there and you're drunk. And you yourself are, you know spirits full of within spirits. full of spirits you could many be the spirits. 26th spirit you could be many spirits are within you oh that would be a that would be uh you might even open a, a, a paranormal wormhole so many spirits a floating vortex, about like the shower yeah. vortex we true talked about in the past what do you got mike no i was gonna say so we were in the middle ages oh uh, yeah you were just talking about the middle ages so uh, a lot of people and you've probably heard this claim you guys seem like intelligent people reason reasonably i guess uh that it was a common practice to drink alcohol instead of water in the Middle Ages because of bacteria and waterborne diseases. However! Oh, that's not true? It is not a scientific fact that that's true. I always believe that. A lot of people believe that. Not a scientific fact, and the debate rages that if it was true or not. However, there is some evidence that that is correct. So, so it, it goes back and forth. But St. Hildegard of Bingen. Ooh, I heard she was quite the looker. St. Hildegard. Was that a man or a woman? It was a woman. You oh. Could, good guess. Oh, good. St. Hildegard of Bingen. Writing, kiss her. Writing in the middle of the 12th century in her book, Cause et Cure, Causes and Cures, Yes. said, Whenever one is healthy or infirm, if one is thirsty after sleeping, one should drink wine or beer, but not water, for water might damage rather than help one's blood and humors. After a nap? Be- yes. Or first oh. thing in the morning. Beer fattens the flesh and lends a beautiful color to the face. Hmm. Water, however, weakens a person. Hmm. Really? So there you go. So when you wake up from a nap, you should drink beer or wine oh, and not water. Now, only a nap, though. Or are we talking first thing in the it morning? It says nap. So little, I don't know what P- that means. Little PBR in your Cheerios. That yes. might work. Yes. Oh. So, <laughs> you know. St. Hildegard was quite you the You may have just animal. invented something. I think so. Yes. Hair of the dog. Ooh. Yeah. So what's next? <laughs> oh no! So you were looking at me like no, I we're had staying with to say. me. So, the, so my final delve into the alcohol of the past. Oh, brings us to one of our favorite topics, our favorite lands to discuss, and that's is Japan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gondwana land. No. Okay. So there is a uh, mythical being hey, who inhabits Japan's coastline called Shoujo. Oh, I've never heard of Shoujo. Uh, Shoujo. Inhabit the coasts and islands, shallow waters, and are found throughout Japan, supposedly. You know what? I remember one time when I was in, because I was in Japan, and yes, uh, I, I was, uh, I was, I was overcome by spirits because yes. I had been out drinking in the local ville, mm-hmm. and I wandered out to the sea. I wandered out to the sea, and I rolled into the sea, 
And so unfortunately, you came back. No, I did, but there was a creature out there. I, I still, to this day, I don't know what it was. Was it a shoujo? I'm gonna describe. No, what it, was it, it could have. It could have been. Oh, I don't know what it was because I was uh, I was inebriated and I was covered in sand and soot. Maybe somebody thought you were a shoujo because yeah, listen to this. Possibly. So along the mountainous coast of Japan lives a race of ape-like, intelligent, red-haired sea spirits known as shoujo. They look like man-sized apes with long, shaggy red hair and reddish faces, blushed with alcohol. They are bipedal and occasionally wear clothes or skirts made of seaweed. You know, you're kind, you're kind of making a, a light of this, but this goes back to some uh, alternative history theories that I like to partake in. Okay. It could be, they could be Norse travelers ah. that have made their way, or Norse or Irish uh, travelers that have made their way across the seas. I don't think so, and here's why. Okay. So the shoujo spend their lives playing in the sea and are in the sand of secluded beaches drinking large quantities of alcohol. That sounds like an Irishman. Or, or Marines. They revel in drunken silliness, singing, dancing, and enjoying life. Despite their silly appearance and demeanor, they are said to be very wise. They are also extremely fond of sake and other types of alcohol. Dude, <laughs> this this is this is real. Is this, this is this happening. Is striking. <laughs> yes, a chord with I you. I think that's what he saw. Somehow, this is exactly what happened when I was over there. So, in fact, they're excellent brewers themselves and can distill a powerful brine wine from seawater. It tastes different depending on the imbiber. If you're a good person, the wine they produce is delicious. But if you're a bad person, it tastes like foul poison and may even kill you if you don't change your ways. Oh. So the shoujo. Be, the sh- be the shoujo ring has such a ring of truth to it. I can't even <laughs> it sounds like begin to evening, describe it to you. You may be the genesis of the shoujo legend. Because somebody somewhere, some poor Japanese fisherman, may have seen you. I didn't have red hair, though. Well, you Although know, I was, maybe you were rolled in red seaweed. Red no, but seaweed. I was, yeah, I was, I was beaten thinking. severely. I had blood on maybe me. Maybe you okay. had been beaten. So you were bloodied. Yep. yep. And you, you, were, you, were you reveling? Were you dancing around in the I joint? was. I do dance. Did yep. you fashion a seaweed skirt? Maybe. I had a seaweed skirt, and uh, I had uh, some clamshell uh, nipple coverings. It all falls into place. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, no, it was a good night actually. I think I think Jay's taken aback by this, and I I believe that. I you know I could see I've I've known you for many years, and yeah. I, and I just saw a uh, look of of complete um, validation or some sort of re- revelation yeah, that you it did that because you, you know the whole time I was over there I was trying to leave my mark on the Japanese people. I think you did. You're I never shoujo. thought I did, but now it's been confirmed. That's I'm your a, new I'm a shojo. You're a shojo. Shojo Jay. Jay. Okay. Let's right. go back to England quick. Let's go back to England. Because, uh, you know, we're going back across the seas, mm-hmm. or depending on which way you go, you could go uh, you could go through Asia, uh, back to Europe, or you could go the other way. Which is the long way. The no, long... you can't, because the Earth is flat. Remember we talked oh, about Oh, that's right. You'd the fall off. You would, no, you have to go around the Antarctica circle that covers the and you outside. Can't, you can't cross the, the Antarctic barrier that goes around the, the big ice wall. The, the, wall record, yeah. you... the record of Earth, if you will. Can't right. do that. Is it a 45 or a 33 a... RPM, you think? Oh, I don't know. Do they even make those anymore? Remember the 45s? I love. I had a collection of 45s. That's Are the, those the smaller ones? The small little record, but uh, it had the giant hole in the middle. Yes. Which I could never understand. If you're going to go a certain way with this story, I don't think you should. <laughs> no. Family show. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. Maybe somebody out there can explain it to me. So you have the the regular record, which is the 33 the RPM record. The small hole. The big record. It had yes. the tiny hole, yes. and you put it on the turntable, yep. and it worked perfectly. Yeah, it was good. But when you put the 45 you put on, the spacer in there. you got to put the spacer on yes. to, to, to close the gap Why of the giant hole. Why didn't they just make that, small, that one smaller? Exactly. Why wouldn't they make that hole smaller, like the I don't 33? I don't, I don't get it. They just want it to be different. That's how they did I, it, man. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's a, that's a strange You know what I used to do as a child? I used to, uh, for some reason, I used to melt records in the microwave to see what would happen. I bet your old man loved you. And uh, I did a Donna Summer. There was a Donna Summer record. Or, excuse me, not Donna Summer. Diana Ross oh. uh, record that I put in there, and I melted it. Were they it. both Supremes? 
uh, Diana Ross was. Donna Summer. Donna was Summer not. was not a Supreme. She was a '70s disco queen. And uh, but no, yeah. Whenever I hear Supreme, I think of like a hamburger. Supremes? Yeah, I want a Supreme hamburger. Like, what does that mean? Like all kinds of things yeah, on yeah, it. But you know, it's like it's deluxe. It's got stuff in it. Oh, like bacon and all kinds of goodies, huh? Just condiments. All right, so we're going to the Red Lion. Oh, we're going to the Red Lion. The Red Lion. That's in Marlborough, Wiltshire, which is in England as well. But they have good food. The Red Lion's visitors have reported numerous odd experiences, but majority of them are attributed to the pub's main ghost, Flory. Oh, Flory. Yep. You've heard of him. That sounds like a pleasant or ghost. Her. Or her. Yeah, it could be a girl. Oh, it was a lady. Sorry. Okay. Oh. A lady ghost. Lady. She was an old landlady who got murdered by her husband and oh. reportedly never left her place of death. Oh. She got killed. In the in the pub? That's what murdered me. In the pub. I see. Flory has been rumored to move objects cause unexplained fluctuations in temperature, hmm. and even reveal herself to the guests. Now, when I say reveal... Reveal herself? In what, in, what, in what way? That means that she comes... You'll be just out there. You know, you might be in your room. Does she have a trench coat? She just opens it in front of you? You could, you could be in the bathroom, you know, just washing your hands and cleaning yourself off, and then suddenly a ghost appears behind you. Oh. And a white robe. That's disturbing. And then the robe comes off, she dis- and she suddenly there's Flory. She disrobes. And all of her infinite spiritual glory. The Flory glory. Yep. <laughs> Flory Glory. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. Oh. All right. Well, are we moving on to the... Uh... All right. So I think what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into the uh, the Colonel Blanton story. I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. No. Does he make chicken? Uh, no, but Colonel Sanders is quite the chicken maker, my friend. I like Colonel Sanders. What's up with the new uh, KFC... Uh, Commercials, they're always. Like it's always a different one. Different. Yeah. I saw George Hamilton recently. There was a uh, uh, Norm Macdonald played I him. Ro- I think Rob Riggle. Was Rob one Riggle. Of them. Rob Riggle played yeah. him. Too. You know, like, Rob Riggle was a was a Marine. You I know. didn't know that. You he know was that? a Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel in yeah. the Marine Corps Reserve. Yeah, it's a funny guy. Cool dude. Funny. Uh, yeah. So Maybe we're gonna we get Rob on the show. I'd we love to try get to Rob, get Rob on Riggle on the show. Step yeah. five, Rob. So. Uh, <laughs> Maybe if you send him a yeah. So I think we're gonna get into the last whiskey whiskey of the day. Oh. And this is uh. Uh, this has a little bit. I've of been a, waiting for this one because this bottle. This is a fancy looking is bottle. Fancy looking. It's orb like. Yep. But yet it has edges to it. It looks like something that a uh, 17th century king would carry around. I wouldn't even know how you would make a bottle like that. Nope. Because it's it's perfectly spherical. It's, yeah. It's but like yet a it has an edge. It has it edges. Be, it could be hand blown glass. Hand blown. It's been blown. I can tell. Mm. You you blew it earlier when you were trying to open the lid. As I oh. so. Oh, we're gonna open it now. We're gonna open it. Yes. Uh, this is uh, you know I brought this here as you as you saw it yep. came in its own satchel. It came in a satchel of its own, a burlap sack, if right. you will. Yep. And uh, you oh. know I, I've been excited. I've had this. I've had this one before. Oh. Um, but I'm excited here to taste it with you, gentlemen, and, oh. and give you all the notes of it, the notes and whatnot. And, oh, let's uh, listen. Let's uh, we need to maintain radio silence while we open the bottle. Ready? Yep. Ooh, oh, that sounded that sounds, majestic. That's, you the know co- that's the cork. I'm not sure if you got that, but hopefully we did. I heard that. that was, yeah, no, that sounded perfect to that me. Was, yep, that sounds delicious. Wow, that, was, that wasn't even a sound effect. No. no. That was actuality. That was a true opening of... Uh, Blanton's. A Blanton's bourbon. So there's a story behind Blanton's, correct? A, uh, that relates to our show. That's true. I believe, right, C- Colonel Albert Blanton, mm. who is... Uh, was at one point a, a very big uh, whiskey distiller at the Buffalo Trace Distillery in, in Kentucky. Let's oh. see if it says where on here. In Buffalo Trace. It's I in would, Kentucky at some, some, some place. Somewhere in Kentucky. And I can Frank tell. Frankfort. You know why I can tell? Frankfort, Because there's a horse on top of that. There is a horse. Kentucky. There's a pewter horse 
on top of the cork of this bottle. It's pewter. It's amazing. Right. Yep. So I, apparently, di- apparently, di- every every bottle has a different stage of a of a horse galloping. Well, oh, as it's running the race. Right. Through. Right. Correct. Like Kentucky Derby if, kind the of Derby. Thing. Right. If yes. the bottle is any indication, this is going to be delicious because it looks uh, very ornate. Right. So why don't you talk a little bit about the uh, the notes? The notes. notes I'll, give, I'll give you the mash bill. This is a a forty six and a half percent alcohol. Mm. Okay. The mash bill is a 70% corn, so a high, high corn mash bill, which gives it the sweetness. 12 to 15% rye and 12 to 15% malted barley. Barley. Oh, from Maine. I, I wonder if his first rate barley. His first rate from Maine. That's what's wrong with me. There's a lot wrong with you, fella. The, uh, the aroma uh, is said to be of toffee. Caramel and citrus. I'm not sure where the, I'm not sure where the citrus comes from in a lot of these tastings, but certainly we've we've had the butterscotch and the caramel, the toffee. That that notes come up, I think, with Jay People especially. I got a little toffee here right. in this one. And you always get the oak flavor because obviously it's barrel. aged in the barrel. Um, and, and I can see the caramel because of the you know the sugars in the corn and mm-hmm. all that all that process. That makes sense. But the citrus stuff, I'm not sure where that comes from. So I think something interesting about. Uh, Buffalo Trace, and I've 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 partaken in the in the regular Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon, the pedestrian, and it's version. it's very delicious, yeah. if I may if I may say that. Um, and I'm not I'm not um, I'm actually stealing this, and I will give credit to History of the Tri-State Blogspot.com because those, we're gonna, those we're, fine folks down. We're going to learn a little bit about the Buffalo Trace Distillery here. So in Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, that's home to one of the country's oldest distilleries. If if you guys didn't know that. It may also be home to one of the country's most haunted distilleries. And as we know here on the Eon Project, we're into all things paranormal, unexplained, uh, you know, interesting, mysterious, all kinds of things. You know what? Think about it, though. If you were going to haunt someplace, wouldn't you want to haunt a distillery? I would. I would. Or a ladies' locker room. Yes. Both. I've been in both places. What if there was a ladies' locker room at a distillery? In the distillery. Because there there must be female workers. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, my God. Certainly. That's like, you know. And they must have a place to keep their belongings. The holy grail of hauntings. Oh, continue. Since 1787, there has been a working distillery of some type on the current Buffalo Trace property. What once started as a small operation has now blossomed into 119 acres and 114 buildings of sweet Kentucky bourbon goodness. Goodness. 114 buildings? 114 buildings. That's a lot of buildings. A lot of buildings. In 1857, Daniel Swigert built the first modern distillery on the site, which was purchased in 1870 by Colonel E.H. Taylor, Jr. Uh Taylor christened the operation OFC, which stands for Old Fire Copper. Old Fire Copper. In honor of the preferred method of whiskey manufacture. So if you know, like copper uh, stills and things of that sort, Taylor only owned the distillery for about eight years when George T. Stagg purchased it in 1878. That is a cool name, yes. George T. Stagg. That would be Stagg, a cool yeah. porn name. It would be a good to... porn name yeah. or a good country western singer. Yes. That too, both. Or a porn a, a porn guy who specializes in, in westerns. So he, he improved it until 1885. Uh, unfortunately, a lightning strike and resulting fire wiped out the main distillery in 1882, but Stagg quickly rebuilt it because he was a, he was a virile and energetic man. Young man. He built it in, uh, in 1904, and <laughs> why are you looking at me all weird like? I don't know. You get into this story. All right. So I'm going to get to the haunting part of it. That's a good part. With a long history such as that, no wonder the distillery has attracted numerous spirits, not including those aging in barrels in the warehouses. Mm. Spirits in the barrel house. The rack house. Rack it. 
Ooh, a rack house. That sounds good. The most prolific haunter of the bunch, like I stated earlier, was Colonel Albert Blanton. Blanton joined the distillery as an office boy. Oh, an office now boy. that could have many <laughs> that a meaning. Was a cool job. Hello, I will take the uh the the. Come uh, here, office boy. Come here, office boy. Shine my shoe. Perhaps you could even. Oh no, wait! I'm talking in the wrong accent. Yeah, that's a, yeah. what are you? What is that accent coming from? I don't know. That's like Bondville. Kentucky. Think Kentucky. Oh. I'm going. To, hey, office boy, come on over here. Office boy. We're gonna clean your clock. Oh. I don't know what that means, but that's what, that what means, we're doing. Either. Did everyone? I'm curious of where that saying came from. Clean your clock? Who, did you actually have to clean clocks at one point? Somebody yes, had to did. Wind, yeah. I had to wind them. You did. Yeah, but what if you dust did. got into the mechanism? There was okay. a clock cleaner, yes, okay. because there was various, very intricate mechanisms right. and yes. gears and such. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there had to be somebody specifically involved in the cleaning of the clock. To keep... Because if you didn't clean the clock... Keep proper time. Exactly. Right. It wouldn't keep the time and you'd be all out of you whack. You wouldn't know. You'd go to bed late. You'd nope. Be, yep, you'd be late. Definitely You'd be not. late for work. You'd be late for work as the office boy. At the office that you know, that is true. And then you get spanked. Yes. Anyway. Yep. Going. So in early 1900s, he was named president. Colonel Blanton was. Oh. But he passed away in the company mansion, because there is mansion, a company, company mansion there. Mansion. It's called Stony Point, and that happened in 1959. His apparition is seen there, but also elsewhere around the property. What's it doing? He's wandering around. Oh. He's looking for the most perfect... Uh, is it sampling the whiskey? No, he's working for the most, uh, uh, you know, perfect office boy that he can get his he's looking for office ghostly boys. fingers on. <laughs> I just think he sounds like an old man, like this here. Other manifestations include unexplained noises, cold spots, phantom footsteps in the warehouse. And, you know, these claims have been going on for years and years. And apparently, they've been on uh, episodes of Ghost Hunters, the TV show. Oh. They did a uh, 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 an investigation there. Was it was, uh, on an EVP? Did you hear? Office boy. They, did you hear that? You did hear that. Yeah. But it wasn't Very so, faintly. It wasn't so high-pitched. Call well, he was back. A, he was an old man back in that day, and he used to have the office boy come and do things for him, like draw him a bath. <laughs> what else did he do? Oh, you don't want to know those things. Oh. This is a family program. Yeah, no, no. I don't think it was anything like that. Oh. I think he was just, you know, taking charge, taking care. I don't think you can, yeah, tur- care. Think you can call anybody a boy anymore. You can't be like a yard boy or a, a no, you can't. house boy. You can't. It's, it seems no. derogatory. Yeah, you can't really do that. Come over here, trash boy. Trash Take boy. out my trash, boy. <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's No. You can't, and it's not right, not and I, I agree that it's, you shouldn't do it. Not right. So I have, I have one more thing to say about, about the Please bottle. Please do. Just uh, as I as I gaze at this this impressive bottle, mm. um, everything is... Hand, hand numbered, so it appears to be in, in ink. Some person has to stand there and write. There's that. a cali- right, they ca- do, yeah. calligrapher. So this this registered is bottle number two forty two oh, of Blanton's. They did a good job, and it was that. it was dumped from the barrel on March twenty sixth of twenty fifteen. Oh. oh, so it's a couple of years old. From uh, warehouse N. Oh, I've been there. That's the good one. That's the good warehouse. Or H, I can't tell. Oh, no, because oh. it's handwritten. I can't. I can't tell. It oh, could be. Oh, it could oh. be an H. Yep. Uh, barrel number two forty one at Rick number six, Ooh. and it's it's ninety three proof. That's delicious. And it's called Blanton's. 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 Original single barrel bourbon whiskey. Oh, oh so Colonel Blanton would be proud of this. I, I his... believe he would. This is I I think you know it it was the 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 final bourbon we sampled. That was delicious. I have to say. I think it was my. It could have been my favorite one. I, I've had it once before, but obviously, as you heard. 
the uh, opening of the cork. It was a brand new bottle today. With you know, I want to share with these yes. fine gentlemen for fine hosting gentlemen. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we I, want to I think it was my you. favorite one. We're not done with the show yet. There is a uh, one one slight surprise that we're going to add to the end of the show. Yep. A little bit of a, a musical treat that you're going to get. But before we do that, I want to yeah. say thank you to our guest Jake. Thanks, for, Jake, for Guys, bringing uh, not only bringing the uh, the delicious beverages that we've been enjoying, but also bringing his expertise, uh, his knowledge of whiskey. Uh, and and just the general uh, knowledge that he brought with the sh- uh, to the show. Thank, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it. And uh, so, oh, uh, let me just. Uh, oh quick, yeah. Quick update, unrelated to the whiskey. Go. So we did have a winner. We did in our favorite contest that we've run so far, which was the uh, the giving away of my uh, first book autographed. Uh, we we did receive uh, the, the winning. We did receive a number of entries. The winning entry goes to a uh, woman named Melanie. Uh, here in the New England area, oh. uh, so I, I will be personalizing this. That's a hot name. I will be personalizing this uh, book, sending it to Melanie, and uh, hopefully she will return back with pictures. I mean, uh, with uh, thanks for um, the gift. All right, great so job, thank you. Melanie. Good, good job, Melanie. Yeah, thanks for your congratulations. Loyal, yep, thanks for your loyal loyal listenership. We will run another contest uh, soon. Not today, though. Exactly, and um, uh, I have to have to tell our listeners that we may be back next week. We may take a couple weeks off. We have some things going on, but. Uh, we're going to try to get something out there in the meantime to uh, keep your uh, palates moist and interested in what we're doing here. But before we go, we have a, a treat. We do. We have a musical treat, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to play a little musical song for you here, and and we're going to get to that here in just a second. So stay tuned. One, two, ready, go. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, I cry. If I don't get rye whiskey, I surely will die. The ocean was whiskey and I was a duck. I died to the bottom.
Okay, that was a, a wonderful live rendition of Rye Whiskey by our guest Jake and Jay. I have no musical ability, so I stood by and watched, and I sampled some more whiskey while you guys were playing. No, you're the uh, you're the musical uh, brain behind it all. I doubt that. You're the management and the uh, the, the, the love manager. of us. I'm the overweight manager with a short <laughs> with a short tie. All right, so closing out for today, what can we? Uh, what's our final thoughts for the day? Our final thoughts for the day are: hope everybody enjoyed this episode. It was a bit off off kilter mm. from what, our, what we usually do, but you know what? This is podcasting. We can do whatever the heck we want. You got to change it up once in a while to keep everything fresh and new. And you know what? What I take away from it, our 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 philosophy on everything that we talk about, because we talk about some pretty heavy topics on occasion, is is everything is done very lightheartedly. Sure. If you don't if you don't want to have fun with this, then you know why are you here? It's just for fun. It's, it's for, for fun, and I hope everyone enjoys it. That's, and, it's for uh, entertainment value. Exactly. So thanks once again, Jake, for we being thank here. Jake yeah, for I appreciate being it, here. guys. Thanks for having me. I'll, welcome to. I'd be glad to. You're come welcome back. to come back. You just invited oh, yourself I'm, back. I'm, I'm welcome to come back. Well, this is what your secretary I'm told welcome. me when I came in. She she welcomed me to come back anytime. And security bring, guard car. I'll bring just let you in. Bring different kind of whiskeys. I see. And uh, maybe we'll anytime maybe we'll you, do this again. I'd love to. Anytime you bring it, uh, bottles of alcohol, you're more than welcome. Absolutely. So until next time, just remember. The truth exists. Believe it.